0: A special news bulletin from ace reporter, Penny Presswell. A few months ago, six citizens of Waterdeep worked together to rid the city of an ancient red dragon. You might have heard of the stories or read the articles that tell all about the new adventuring party in tandem, and how they rid Waterdeep of a source of long-standing oppression. But I can assure you that those stories do not do the heroes justice. So I'm going to tell you how it really happened. And it all started with a favor. One day, all six of us received an identical letter stating that we were being called in for a job to repay a debt. We all met for the first time in the basement of a really sketchy butcher shop. The group consists of the following. Octavia Beret, daughter of Water Deep Times CEO Pierre Beret, she is a photojournalist, kick-ass wizard, and definitely the smartest out of all of us. The two of us were together the day we got our letters because her dad had just given us the go-ahead for our first major story. Undercovering the disappearance of illegal magic users by the hands of the all-powerful police force in Waterdeep, the Watchful Order. Spoiler alert, they're literally awful. More on that later. There was also Bowman, a huge half-orc with a terrifying crowbar and a mysterious past that he was always dodging questions about. Janara Darling, daughter of two members of the esteemed Last Adventurer's Party. She can pull off the craziest stunts without skipping a beat, has more money than she could ever spend in her lifetime, and was arguably the one we all looked up to the most. Nick Sluffrey, a craft, crafty rock gnome who can tinker up anything she wants and is a passionate activist for unions and the right to vote. She also exhibits zero self preservation skills, despite being naturally sneaky. Artemis Brightshield, spoiled rich kid mooching off his family's fortune, who thinks he's the funniest person that ever lived. He's not, but he is a pretty decent musician. And as much as it pains me to say this, he really could talk himself out of any fight. And then there's me, Penny Presswell aspiring investigative reporter, and a decent shot when we're in a pinch. Not only did these letters bring us together, they also brought us to Vinny. He was a shady little guy with terrible fashion sense who was running an underground crime ring in the city. He also had a right-hand woman named Freedom, a tiefling, and uh, who was pretty cool. Vinny talked us into defeating some swamp creatures and breaking into the house of Mr. Wilmington, a politician who had just flipped political parties. During the break-in, Artie and Bowman had a run-in with Mr. Wilmington's adult daughter, Rose, Turns out she and Artie knew each other, Um, if you know what I mean. After finding dirt on Mr. Willington, we ended up being caught by a watchful order agent. We found out that this agent had been infected by a Mind Flayer tadpole, which is a parasite living inside of a live host and receiving commands from a central elder brain. And this was just the surface of a more sinister Mind Flayer problem in the city. With the job complete, our debts with Vinny were repaid, but our work with Freedom was just beginning. Turns out she had a secret side hustle where she took down the rich and powerful as a means to help the common folk, and she wanted us on our side. Our task? Take down five of the richest, most corrupt people in Waterdeep. They were Ovina Bloodkeith, the CEO of Bloodkeith Textiles, Diego Mirabaldi, the owner of the Waterdeep Banks, Fiala Misterleth, who ran the railways, Thomas Evenwood, prized inventor and CEO of Evenwood Appliances, and the worst of them all, with eyes and ears all over the city, Fear Kindler. Our first target was Ovina Bloodkeith, especially since we had just found out she was bribing Mr. Wilmington to vote for the purity coalition, a political party that didn't believe everyone should have the right to vote. In order to get close to her, Octavia and I devised a brilliant plan that we would do an article on Ovina in order to get close to her. Uh, Unfortunately, Ovina was tight-lipped and gave us basically no information. So Arnie decided to pocket an important finance ledger while invisible, and that showed us that Ovina was definitely skimming off the top. With this proof, we decided we were going to break in and get more evidence to incriminate Avina. Before our heist at Blood Key Textiles, we solicited help from a security guard, Brian, in order to learn more about the security there. Despite doing all of this prep, prep, the head of security was on higher alert since the ledger had gone missing, and she knew we had broken in. Luckily, we beat her ass and got so much dirt on Ovina. We found out she had forced her dad into an early retirement and was holding him hostage. We found out which members were skimming off the top and how much they were taking. We found evidence of her bribing politicians, and we also found out that she had smuggled a troll into her building. We brought this info to Freedom, and she was so impressed that she officially recruited us into a top-secret organization working against the Watchful Order's oppressive reign, the Harpers. The benefit of being in the Harpers is the connections. Freedom had secret members in high places like the police and even the government, which really helped keep our identities a secret in the beginning. With one big bad down and four more to go, we celebrated by going to a big party held by Herb Davis, a congressperson in the People's Vote Coalition, which was the good one that believed that people, all people should have the right to vote. Also in attendance at this party, Vinny, who was hanging with Lance Margister, the head congressperson of the People's Vote Coalition, who we should have liked because believing in everyone's right to vote, but he was secretly awful. More on that later. It was not really a good reunion with Vinny. He just gave off the worst vibes, as per usual. Oh, I forgot to mention, while all this was going on with Ovina, my dad was laid off, and our house was foreclosed on, and I only needed 2,500 talents to save it. By the skin of my teeth and begging Janara for a loan, my family was able to save the house. The downside? Pretty much every other house in our neighborhood was bought out. A phenomenon that was happening all over the city, predominantly in poorer neighborhoods. Just another way, the watchful order preys on the poor. The houses were forcibly um, foreclosed suddenly, people were forced on the streets, and the watchful order started constructing huge structures on the property. More on that later. To work on our article, Octavia and I decided to do some research on a list of names her father had given us. They were the names of known dissenters to the Watchful Order, and we found that one of them, Donald McCready, was still alive, so we paid him a visit. Turns out he also used to be in the Harpers like us, along with a woman named Felociel, who Octavia's dad apparently fell in love with while investigating their efforts, efforts against the Watchful Order. McCready told us that Octavia looked just like Felociel, which... Yikes! We can all put the pieces of that puzzle together. Anyways, his entire team was wiped out in a raid against the Watchful Order. He told us to be careful, because the Watchful Order had only gotten sketchier and sketchier with the new Black Staff, Aurora Araneath. Next, we went after Diego Mirabaldi, the owner of the banks, and a fitting rival given the fact that he had just tried to force my family out of our home. Not that I told the group that. Apparently, Mirabaldi was a bit sicker than we had originally thought. We found out from a devil, don't ask, uh, it was a dark moment for the group, that near of all we revolved the worship to demon lord Baphomet. In a chaotic moment of impulsivity that's actually pretty normal for us, we ended up uh, breaking into this bitch's house and found a whole ass torture labyrinth in his basement. He and wealthy people would force unhoused folk to try and make it through the maze, but everyone died. So we ended up slaughtering him in like less than five minutes. It was actually embarrassing. We're willing to be merciful to those that deserve it, but this guy did not deserve it. After photographing everything, we were walking away all very different people when the Wash for Order materialized, including the long-lost Felociel, who looked very much like Octavia, and was now working for the Wash for Order, who she used to be against. Confused? Yeah. So were we. Thank God Felociel dimension-doored out of there, uh, because that scene, or because that was the start of Octavia's still unresolved trauma during this time. After sc- discovering the horrors of Miravaldi, Freedom took care of busting his sick hobbies to the world, and then forced us to take a vacation. During this downtime, Artie was visited by his older brother Dagrin, the current head of Brightfield Vintage, the family's wine company. Artie confided to us that his relationship with his brother had always been strained, and that he neither liked nor trusted Dagrin. He was pretty sure Dagrin had even killed his father. Also, turns out Artie is a prince, which, like, with the way he acts, I gotta have told you that. Apparently, his family comes from the leaders of an ancient, now-lost kingdom of Oikos, um, led by this mysterious Silver Flame, some entity that lives in a sword for some reason. Um, I don't really understand it, but Artie can talk to it, but only sometimes. I don't get it, but it's a thing. It was really important to him that, he, that we knew about his brother because he was sure that Dagrin was up to no good and that we were in danger as long as we were with Artie. Next on our list of baddies was Theala Mistralith, the railroad baroness. Recently, she had been buying up a lot of farmland to construct new rail right, railways and was in a controversy regarding her desire to dig up the Crypt Garden National Forest for coal mining. Theala was also buying up the watchful Orders warehouses, but we weren't sure why. Turns out she was using them to store a bunch of exotic animals smuggled out of a national park, as well as the dead bodies of those that were killed building her railroads. We ended up freeing animals in the warehouse we investigated, including this walking tree, who was named Pine Stride. With some animals returned to Crypt Garden and Mr. Lith under a bit of heat, we needed to go after Fiala. The best way to reach a railroad baroness? A good old-fashioned train heist. But... Before our big heist, we had another party to go to. This one was for the opening of Bright Shield Gardens, a members-only fancy place that Artie created. While we were there, we were able to speak to the best mage in the city, Amos Durant. We'd been learning more and more about Mind Flare Tadbulls during our escapades, mostly driven by the fact that the majority of the Watchful Agents all had grey eyes, a classic symptom of someone under control of an Elder Brain. Even Flowseal had the signature grey eyes. Amos told us that if we were able to capture someone with a Mind Flayer Tadpole, we were to secretly bring the victim to Amos to do a magical examination and find out more about them. Wow, we found a main Mind Flayer body after another run-in with Lucio. Amos told us that whoever, most likely the Black Staff, we, we all knew it was the Black Staff, but whoever was controlling this Mind Flayer tadpoles had found a way to exhibit different levels of control depending on the person. Apparently, that's pretty unusual for Mind Flayers. We had provided enough evidence to have Theola arrested, but by the time the police got to her, she was already running away on a train. A funky little train heist ensued, but honestly, Mr. Liff didn't really put up much of fight because she's a really old lady, so it was kind of boring, but we did it. We found ourselves in another lull before going after Evenwood. During this time, Artie and Bowman got into a fight in which we learned that Bowman was a soldier in the Cormierian army and feels immense guilt for what he did in the war. But he's been working on himself and that guilt by building a community center in a neighborhood called Little Cormier. Also during this time, Lance Margister proposed a new bill that would allow everyone the right to vote. But there were some weird stipulations within the bill that would set back union progress. Nix was getting ready to investigate this more, but then Vinny kidnapped Freedom and held her hostage to bait us out. We ended up getting invited to Lance Margister's house for this creepy dinner, where we found out him and Vinny were working with a devil. This would have been a good time to interrogate Lance on his new bill, but we were too distracted because Vinny cut off Freedom's hand, and this action sent our group into a rage, and we accidentally killed Vinny and left Lance to burn alive in his fancy house, and that was that. The good news, with Lance gone and Herb Davis taking his spot, there was a new Congress position open in the People's Vote Coalition, and Gennaro declared that she was running for it. Even with all the excitement around Janara's campaign, Vinny finally being out of our hair, and Freedom being safe, we still had two more baddies to take care of. Even Wood was next on our list, and we learned from two former employees that he had a, had a bad habit of stealing ideas from other inventors and writing them off as his own. He's also obsessed with creating sentient robotic beings, which, I mean, we don't have time to unpack the ethics of that right now. With a little information, our group tackled Evenwood's magic tower, and inside we found the hardest obstacle we had faced so hard, so far puzzles. Seriously, it was a nightmare. We were stuck in that fucking tower for probably a 10 day, but it felt more like seven years. I mean, think about it. The six of us forced to solve complex riddles by day, and all made to sleep in the same room by night. We were exhausted and a little ashamed of how long it took us to figure this tower out. I mean, it's supposed to be difficult, that's like the point, but. I mean, we did a really bad job. What can I say? Our specialty is charging in with one brain cell shared among the six of us, and now we were being asked to do word scrambles and figure out room patterns. It was terrible. We ended up reaching the end of the tower and coming face-to-face with Evenwood, along with his son, Gamma. Gamma was Evenwood's first successful attempt at creating sentient life, which, again, there's a lot there. Gamma was cool though, so we invited him to stay with us, and then we brought Evenwood, his father, to his knees and held him captive so he could give us information about our final target, Fear Kindler. While something kind of interesting that we didn't really know getting into this, Fear Kindler is apparently an ancient red dragon that is hundreds of thousands of years old. Even though dragons are supposed to be barred from entering Waterdeep due to the repelling powers of the dragon staff, but he must have made a deal with the wielder of the dragon staff to let him in. Who wields the dragon staff, you might ask? The one and only, Arara Aranaeth, Black Blackstaff, as in Mind flare Mommy Arara. So before we could go after Fear Kindler, we needed the dragon staff, and before we could go to Arara for the staff, we needed to get Octavia's mom out of the way. Amos had conveniently found a way to subdue uh, subdue, or reverse the effects of the Mind Flayer tadpole, and after an extremely hard battle, we were able to subdue Felocil to bring her to Amos. Arara was pissed because we were going after her tadpole babies, and in response to this, she took our loved ones and infected them, forcing us to fight them to get to her. Which included some orphans that we had to fight. I probably shouldn't have said that, but whatever. Anyways, we vaporized Arara, which killed the Mind tadpoles and sort of upended the institution of the Watchful Order. With Arara gone, Amos became the new Blackstaff, but he refused to continue the Watchful Order in its current state. We also had the dragon staff. We learned that in order to spell Fear Kindler, one of us had to hold the staff while touching Fear Kindler to banish him from Waterdeep. Octavia was chosen for the task, since she's the member of the group that usually has our one brain cell. Things got pretty rough, as they are wont to do when your enemy is an all-powerful ancient red dragon with fire breath. Nervous that we wouldn't be able to do this alone, we solicited the help from Rose Wimlington, who ended up becoming a bit of an adventurer herself as well as Jannara's parents group, The Last Ventures, and Amos Durant, of course. We struck on the same day as the vote for the new Equal Voting Rights Act and Jannara's election, because if we've learned anything, it's that someone will always sabotage a chance for equal rights in Waterdeep. It's just how the city is. We ended up finding a dragon horde underneath the city, which happened to be occupied by Fjord Kindler's daughter. We ended up getting rid of her, and Fear Kinsler retaliated by breathing fire over the entire city, setting fire to every building along the way to Castle Waterdeep, which was where the vote was taking place. It was a terrifying moment, and we had no idea the damage Waterdeep would sustain after the fight. We didn't even know if there was going to be a Waterdeep after this fight. But I'm sure you've heard the ending. We went up against Fear Kinsler on top of Castle Waterdeep. Octavia bravely banished him from the city. And we were suddenly heroes and everyone knew our name. The Equal Voting Right Act passed and Janara was elected as Congresswoman. LoCiel, awoken from her mind flare coma, was able to talk to Octavia and even see Pierre again. Things aren't perfect, but Octavia and her mom are getting to know each other while working with Amos to restart the Watchful Order in a fairer, more sustainable way. As the city starts to rebuild following the tragic attack on the city, we all kind of went our separate ways. Octavia spent time with her mom, rebuilding the Washful Order and improving her magic. Nick worked with Janara to help raise awareness for remaining issues in Waterdeep, affecting the common folk. Janara started her work as a congresswoman. Bowman got a dog and left on his boat for a long time. Artie cut a record deal and became a pretty popular musician. And I left Waterdeep for the first time in my life, traveling around the Sword Coast Federation to see what else is out there. But there doesn't seem to be any rest for heroes these days. Few months after Fearkinzler's defeat, Artie called us to the Shield estate to help him. He got a vision from the Silver Flame that his brother was up to no good. When we got there, all of the household staff were killed, and his brother Dagran was gone. I can't say much about it, but we're pretty sure Dagran somehow found the lost kingdom of Oikos. So now we have our new mission. Find Artie's brother before he can do something even more heinous. And that's where our journey leaves off. For now. Thank you for tuning in to the special report. Come back next week for more news updates about the exciting adventures of these heroes.